Hey family, how are you? I'm praying all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you. That's right. He is your God and what a mighty God we serve. How are you doing family on this amazing Sunday? Another day that the Lord has made, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. So I'm excited to be back with you today, family, because I am doing part two of a box of blessings. I have a very special guest, Miss Spiritual Arsenal. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love God. I, I just love how he connects us together. So I was, you know, talking to Sister Nelly after I did the first part. And I said, hey, sis, I would like to do a second part and I want you to come join me. I think it would be cool family she done sent me a text message she had the same box i was like okay we know this is god so i'm excited to do the part two with her not only do she have her own box but she is excited to get into part two of this to um just get into the names of god and praying the names of god and how it's important to why it's important to incorporate it in your prayer um so i'm excited for this so i am welcoming spiritual arsenal say hello my beautiful sister Hello, hello, everybody. Hello, Sister Trina. Thank you so much uh, for having me on here. I know it's just so crazy that like we just have the same box and the same um, energy for being intentional about the names of God and about uh, just our prayer life in general. So thank you for having me. I know this is going to be so much fun, and I know it's going to bless somebody out there. So let's let's get into it. Let's get in. Let's get in. Yes, I have fun. I had so much fun uh, doing it by myself. I'm like, I know there's like, okay, Sister Trina is just having way too much fun. But we're not going to get, you know, I'm not going to chit chat much longer. Um, Sister Nelly is uh, not like me. She's not as long winded. So I'm going to be conscious of the fact that I am not on here by myself. So I will be definitely um, sharing the card, sharing the word of God and moving forward. So family, I pray you enjoy it. Get your tea, uh, get your coffee get your water, whatever it is, relax, get tuned in and soak in the word of God, soak in these name of God, you know, get the, get you a pen and paper so you can write these down. Maybe you already know them or maybe you don't, but I think this is going to be good for all of us. So the first card I have for the second part is Lamb of God. And the scripture comes from John 1 29 and the Bible reads, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And this is so significant because, you know, with Moses and the children of Israel, whenever they would sin, you know, they would have to give an unblemished um, animal, unblemished, uh, whether it be a dove or a sheep or what have you, to offer up as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. And Jesus, our God, is the lamb. He is the perfect sacrifice. He is the lamb that was led to the, the slaughter, what, like, what, like without a shepherd. Like he was just out there on his own. And I'm grateful because he made the choice. He was intentional to be that sacrifice. He was intentional about being that unblemished, unspotted lamb. And it's important because even before Jesus came, we needed an unblemished sacrifice. And Jesus laying his life down, being the lamb of God for each and every one of us. And by the shedding of his blood, it's the remission of sin. 
And we all can come boldly to the throne room of grace because of the Lamb of God. And I'm glad that we're starting off with this one because this is a, a praise point. This is a shout point. Because if it had not been for the blood, if it had not been for this perfect Lamb, we would not be children of God. We would not have this ability to come boldly to the throne room of grace and say, Abba, Father. We would not have this opportunity to be forgiven. We would be spotted, we'd be stained, we'll be dirty, we'd be filthy. But because of the lamb who came to take away the sins of the world, I am grateful. And Sister Nelly, you could chime in a little bit. I don't want to take too much, but I think this is a good card to start with. And I want you to just give a little bit on the lamb of God. Amen. So the lamb of God, when I think of the lamb of God, I always just um, think about... And I know this might not be, you know, the most accurate way to think about it, but I think about the sacrifice um, that Jesus, you know, that he did for us on the cross. But I also think about when the Lord told Abraham to sacrifice his son. It always goes back to that, the foreshadowing of the sacrifice that Jesus was going to um, do for us on the cross. Even though, you know, um, when Abraham went up, on the mountain with his son it wasn't a lamb that the lord provided it was a ram but that's another discussion for another day was for another for another day um but it just always reminds me of um uh, you know this this animal white and pure um that we, that we sacrifice and it's the purity when you think of when you think of a lamb it's just you know, this cute little um, white innocent thing that can atone for darkness. Um, so I'm just trying to paint a visual picture, but I, I feel like the picture that I'm painting is getting a little bit too gory, <laughs> too um, dark. So maybe let's, let's not go there. But that's what I think of is the, just the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and thinking of him as not just the lion, but also the lamb and having these characteristics of, yes, he is mighty and he is strong, but he is also pure there. That's what I was going for. The, just the image of purity um, given for us. That's what I think of when I think of I the love lamb that. of God. Yeah, I love purity. that. Yeah, the gentleness of who he is. When you think of that lamb, you think of, like you said, gentle and cute and just adorable and loving. And, you know, that's the two sides of God. We have a loving, merciful God who is soft and gentle. But then we have, you know, the line of Judah, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So I love that you pointed that out because sometimes we like to think of God as this, he's just mm -hmm. always the lion and you always want to fight and it's war and this and that, but he's gentle. He's merciful. He's kind. And I love that about the lamb. So amen to the word of God. So you can take the next card. Okay. So the next card will be the Lord is a peace. Um, and the verse that goes along with it is Judges 6 and 24. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. And the peace of God is we know that peace is a fruit of the spirit. Um, and 
you know, we live in this society, especially for those of us who live on this side uh, of the world in the West, we're always just so bogged down, so busy with everything, always running here, always running there, and just always have something to do, always stressed out. And because of the type of lifestyle that we live, we often find ourselves um, anxious, tired, exhausted, um, just not at peace and not at peace internally. So you could be calm and you could look calm. And that that is something that I struggle with. Um, you know, a lot of people think they look at me and, you know, I don't, I, I look fine. I look happy. But there's a lot of people that don't see the internal turmoil that goes on within some people's minds and some people's hearts. Um, and we tend to go to different things like and I and I'm not you know I this I'm just going to talk about mental health for a little bit I'm not saying that um you know people who need medication for their health or who need therapy um I I'm a proponent of therapy I'm in therapy so I'm not judging anybody but even when you are on medication even when you go through um therapy the strategies that you learn often tend to center around the things that you can control. Um, you know, we have the serenity prayer that goes, you know, uh, God gives me the serenity to uh, accept the things that I can't control and the wisdom to know the difference or some, something like that, I think is, is what it says. Grant me the serenity to accept the things that I can't change and the courage um, to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So it's like we're still um, around that influence, that circle of control. But when we realize that we really, we don't even, um, we don't even wake ourselves up in the morning. Like, yeah, we have alarm clocks and, and all of that, but it's God who through his grace and through his mercy, he gives us the opportunity to wake up. He's the one who makes our heart beat. Um, you know, we can t go vegan, we can do all of the right things, we can exercise as much as we want, but we still can't stop disease from developing in our body. And so for me, when I change my perspective to really see, okay, there's not much that I can control, you know, I can control my actions, I can, um, you know, speak life, I can speak what thus says the Lord, and just rest in that and just get up every day, do what he tells me to do, just do my best, but to keep in mind that I'm not in control of really anything. He is um, in control, he has created me, has created the universe, and I can't find peace outside of him. No matter you know how much self-care I do, no matter how much therapy I go through, yes, those things help, and those things are necessary. <laughs> That's why I use them. But outside of God and outside of resting in the fact that his peace is not the peace of the world. It's not the peace um, that comes from anything that I could ever do that helps me sleep at night. So I, I long for true inner peace that only comes from following Jesus and knowing that He's in control, not me. Amen. What I love about this is when I think of the story of Gideon, I used to call Gideon the scaredy cat. Like he lacked 
so much confidence as a warrior, as, as a servant of God. And this is significant for him to build an altar and say, this is the Lord, my peace, because he had so much inner turmoil, so much confusion. Oh, let it rain and, and just let it rain on on this little carpet, but not on the ground. Oh, okay, let it rain on the ground, but keep this, this carpet nice and warm and, and dry. Um, he lacked confidence to do what it is that God called him to do. So he had a lot of inner turmoil. He had no peace. So for him to get to a place that he's no longer afraid, and even if he was afraid, he learned to rest in God and rely on God as his peace, to rely on God as um, his rock. And when you read Judges 6, it, it talks about how the angel of the Lord appeared to him. Um, and he have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And I think that's what many of us need, a face to face encounter with God, to have that face to face, to have that inner peace. But we can only have that face to face with God when we seek the face of God, when we're intentional mm -hmm. with that relationship, when we're intentional mm -hmm. about reading our word, when we're intentional about coming together and assembling one to another and not, do, not doing church, not doing religion, not doing tradition. It's hard to see the face of God doing works. Yes, what, what faith without works is dead. But it's by my faith, I'm going to show you my works. And by faith, I'm seeking God because I want to see him. It was that face-to-face -face encounter that Gideon had that he received the peace of God. And I believe for a lot of God's children, they need a face-to-face -face encounter. We don't have the peace. We don't have the confidence. We don't have the boldness to go and fight an effective warfare and stand on the word of God and stand on the rock and do what it is and you know go to you know different nations to preach the gospel. Man, it's hard for us to go to the corner store and say, hey, do you know a man named Jesus? Forget about going to another nation. So there's a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety and a lot of inner turmoil that we have with doing the will of God and being a servant for the Most High God. So I love this because Gideon got to a place that he, he he rusted in God. He saw the angel of the Lord. He saw God face to face. And he said, you know what? Because of this, I'm building this altar. You are my peace. You are my peace. I will rest in you. I will rest in your word. And I encourage everyone under the sound of my voice to seek the face of God. He, he said, if you seek me and seek me with your whole heart, I will be found, says the Lord. It is a promise. I will be found. Not maybe not shoulda, coulda, woulda. He doesn't have a lot of conditions on it. All he's asking is, seek me. Come to me, seek me. Seek my face, read my word. Get an intimate prayer. Whatever it takes to get intimate with God, prayer, fasting, assembling yourself one to another, digging deep, getting in the word of God. We have to do it to have those face-to-face -face encounters so that we can have that supernatural peace that Gideon had experienced. So I am loving this. And I want to read the prayer that is on the back. And it says, Lord, I long for peace that only you can give. Help me to wait patiently for your shalom. Hallelujah. Shalom, shalom, shalom. So the next Amen. card is King of Kings, Revelation 19 and 16. On his robe and on his thigh, there was the name written, king of kings and lords of lords amen i love that he's the king of all kings no matter whoever was in position at the time king saul king david whoever king nebuchadnezzar the true king was our god 
He was sovereign over all. I love that in uh, John 1, it talks about all things were made by him and for him and without him was nothing made. Jesus is king over all. Everything living, everything breathing, he is king. He is Lord. Um, I love Daniel uh, too. He's like, blessed be the name of the Lord forever and ever for wisdom or might are yours. You, you change the times and the seasons. You remove kings and you raise up kings. Only the king of king can remove a king. Hallelujah. It's that you remove kings. You raise up kings. You give wisdom to the wise. You give knowledge to him who has understanding. The king of kings can remove a king. And this is why we have to be confident in the God we serve and not worry about who's in position because we serve a God who is a king of kings who know how to remove who's in position, whether that be a job, whether that be a potential relationship, never worry about what's for you. Because as long as the king of kings is on the throne, what he what he has for you is for you. And there's no one earthly, no, no demon in hell can take away what the king has said. One of the things that I love about kingship is that the Bible talks about whenever a king, and it made me think of Esther, would sign anything with a signet ring, it cannot even be revoked, not even by the king himself. And I think this is so powerful because things has been signed in the blood, Jesus. He has signed it. He has signed it with his signet ring. He has signed it with his blood. The king has made a decree. The king has signed, signed documents with our name on it saying we're sealed to the day of redemption the king of kings so i get excited this one is a beautiful one this one blesses me when i think of the king and as i dwell on all the scriptures that talks about kingship and and even as us the bible says that we are kings and priests unto him that he allows us to partake and in his oneness that we're kings and queens to rule over the earth but as long as he stays in his proper place king of kings hallelujah so I, i'm gonna just let you chime in because i can go off with this one <laughs> <laughs> king of kings yes um just his 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 majesty his royalty um is I, I I have no words. I have no words to express how I feel when I think about the King of Kings because it's a reminder that um, because of his kingship, I can I get to call myself royalty. Um, not in a you know pompous narcissistic way, but it, it it kind of it's so amazing that I get to think oh you know i i i am royalty because my father in heaven is the king of all kings like the king of all the kings like all of them all all of them in all the kingdoms um on this side of heaven on the um in heaven in all the universe every single dimension and it just makes me feel like this this little princess um again not in a not in a weird way but i'm sure you can understand what i mean so King of Kings, to me, royalty is to be able to have that opportunity to partake in that royalty. And it's also a reminder of, you know, the way that I live my life has to reflect royalty, has to reflect the fact that I am of a royal bloodline because he has decreed that I am his child through his spirit. I guess I get to call him father. And so it's a it's a great reminder that 
as royalty, as a representative of the king of kings, I have to carry myself in such a way that gives him the glory and reminds people that he is, in fact, the king of kings. Amen. Um, when you talked about that, it made me think of when the Bible says that we are joint heirs with him. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Joint heirs. We are kings and queens unto God. And and it's just a blessing um, him partaking, him allowing us to partake in his kingship and being queens, being royalty. Um, uh, You know, I, I love I love first Peter <laughs> to nine. That's my email clean first peter 2 9 so i reckon you know i come in agreement with that royalty like that i know who i am i am royalty there's royalty in my blood because of the king so i love that and the prayer on the back says jesus you are the sovereignty of god over all other authorities in heaven and on the earth thank you for being kings of kings amen Amen. Um, So the next card that we have is light of the world. And the verse is from John chapter 8, verse 12. It says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Ah, the light of the world. You know, when we look at the world sometimes, like not even sometimes honestly every day when we really if we pay attention to what is going on um and i try not to as much as is possible within the realm of what i have to do every day i try not to look at the world too much because it's not a light it it doesn't have it doesn't give light um mainly you know if you just watch the news for just one minute all you can see is sadness, all you can see um, is darkness. And sometimes even in our own worlds, in our own situations, in our own communities, a lot of what we see is darkness. Um, But Jesus is the light of the world. And when we are walking with Jesus, we also have that light in us. We don't have to create our light because in um, Genesis 1 verse 3, God already created the light through his word. And that's him. We, we know that the word is Jesus and he is the light of the world. So when we c- carry him, when we remind ourselves that Jesus lives in me, lives in my heart, that means wherever I step in, I bring the light of the world with me and that is an honor and that is a privilege and it's also humbling to know that i don't have to create my own light i don't have to go outside of god to look for light and it's also a reminder that i just have to keep following him and even in the darkest valley he's always going to be there in that valley with me um and i know there's a scripture that says even if i make my bed in hell you are there with me now, I know that hell is supposed to be like hot, scorching fire. So it's probably like light, but I don't I don't think of it as a as a light place, even though there's fire. I think of it as a, a you know, a very dark, dark place. Um but even there, we can't hide. We can't hide from him because his light is everywhere. Um and I just wanna be the type of person who can share 
that light with other people, that light that comes from the work that Jesus has done in my life. Because the Bible also tells us that, you know, you don't light a lamp and, you know, just put it under a basket or cover it or something. So I want to be the type of person that shares the light of the world with everyone. But I also want them to uh, remember that this this light, whatever light I can bring, whatever joy I can bring to anybody, um, it has nothing to do with me. It has all and everything to do with the light of the world. So let's follow him. That way we can never walk in darkness. And Amen. I yield to you, Sister Trina. I love that you mentioned you don't have to have a light of your own. And it made me think of Ephesians 5 and 8. And it says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the oh, Lord. So walk, walk as children of light. And that's humbling, like you said. You know, in a world where everyone's trying to make a name for themselves and make themselves famous and create on their own light, it is more easier to just rest and be the light of him. To be able to be in the background while he glows and illuminate the atmosphere because you know it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. So I got to let his light shine because no matter how awesome we think we are as individuals, we never save the soul. It is the, it's the power Amen. it's the power of the word of god it's the presence of god it is his light that opens up dark eyes it is his light that opens up deaf ears it is his light that creates in us a clean heart and a right spirit is the light and we we carry it we are participants of it but we are not it and it's important for us to recognize i am not the light he is the light and it made me think of john the baptist he said i am not the one yeah, I got this gift. I got this anointing. I could speak. I could prophesy. I'm, I'm baptizing. But the one I'm talking about, the true light, I can't even tie his shoestrings. The one I'm talking about, the one that's coming. So when we get to that place where we recognize his sovereignty and his lordship and his power and his authority, no, you are the light. And I'm blessed. I'm humbled to carry it. I'm humbled to carry the light of the world with me and say, hey, look at this light. And I believe, I believe when we get a thirst and hunger to make Jesus famous, when we get a thirst and a hunger to say, come see the light that I know, come see the light that opened my eyes, come see the light that healed my broken heart, come see the light that shaped and gave me a different perspective in my mind. And I love that you brought up mental health in the beginning, because there's a lot of people going out of their mind, but only if they let the light in. What if the true light was able to shine on those thoughts and your perspective and the brokenness that is taking place in your heart? What if you allowed the light to shine in those dark places? And as you're listening to this family, I want you to just really soak in that. No matter what seems doomed or gloomed or dark or ugly, regardless of the situation, let light in. Revelations, he said, I stand at the door and light is knocking. Light want to come in and heal. Light want to come in and give you, I mean, give you peace. I love he said in Isaiah, for your confusion, it will be rejoicing. That you're confused, you're all over the place because your thoughts are so dark. Your feelings are so dark. Let light in. Let light shine so that it can heal, that it can make you whole that it can make you free. 
man, I, I, I just, I, I thank God for the light that I allowed in. And it's something that you got to let in because guess what, family? I don't know about you, but I have a blackout curtain in my room because I don't want light in. Me too. <laughs> but see, a lot of us, we got a blackout curtain of light. Oh, oh, come on, sis. Let's go. We got a blackout curtain of light, of life. And that means no light can come in. You're so broken. You're so heartbroken. And you're just overwhelmed with stress and, and pain and trauma. You got a blackout curtain. The problem with that is light can't get in. Love can't get in. So I encourage you today to take that blackout curtain off and allow light to shine in your life. A lot of times when we want to have a pity party and we want to be in our feelings, we don't want the curtains open because we light really does something to you. Even in the natural if you're tired and your feelings, you don't feel good, close my door, cut off the light, close the curtains. Because light awakens you. Light lets you see that there's much more than this. Get up. Get up. You got work to do. Even in the natural, you can't stay in bed with the window wide open. You'll get, let me get up. Let me clean. Let me do some more. Let me, light wakes you up. Let the true light. Awaken you out of your slumber. Awaken you out of your error. Awaken you out of your sin. Awaken you out of your fear. Awaken you out of your pain. Let light in and let it love on you. You know, one thing about the sun, <laughs> it provides vitamin D. A, a necessary vitamin that we all need. And many of us lack so much so we have to take vitamin D pills. Let the sun shine and give you what you need to nourish your soul, nourish your spirit. Let the sun and let that light shine in your life. And I'm just going to flow with the Holy Spirit because we only on the third card, but this is powerful. Because the light of the world wants to come in and he wants to eliminate the darkness. He wants to eliminate the fear. He wants to eliminate everything that you got going on in your heart, family. But we got to let the light in. It's a decision and it's a choice that only we can make. And I pray today as you hear this, the day that you hear his voice, that you harden not your heart, that you open up the curtains, that you remove that blackout curtain of your, on your life and say, Jesus let your light so shine in my life. Jesus, I want to read the prayer. And it says, Jesus, I want to follow in your light. Help me to move from the darkness and into your marvelous light. Amen. God is so good, man. These cards, I'm telling you, this is truly a box of blessings. When you really sit with the Holy Spirit and you allow him to minister to your heart as you go through these cards, the Holy Spirit will talk to you. The Holy Spirit will minister to you. And I, as I shared with you guys in you know, part one, family, go get this. It may seem like you don't need it, but trust me, it's truly a box of blessings for you to meditate and pray, to pray. You can pray, Jesus, let your light shine right now. No matter how dark it looks, we've been through a few rough years and there's still so much going on economically. We're about to have inflation. There's so much going on. We need the light of God to shine. Pray that into your life. Pray that into your situation and watch him illuminate your life and remove the darkness.
the next card hold on sister trina i just wanted to jump in and say something real quick because you were talking about sunshine and how the light that's coming from the sunshine even helps us with our vitamin d so before we move on to the next card i just want to tell people yes let the the light shine the sun the sunlight the sun shine and i mean the son of god s-o-n welcome that sunshine into your life and i promise you the darkness will have no choice but to flee okay sorry let's move on to the no you know what no i'm amen amen we need we need it shine jesus shine amen shine jesus shine (laughs) shine 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 (laughs) the next card is el shaddai almighty god i okay i use uh i use this in spiritual warfare when i'm fighting and i know i'm coming against principalities and powers but let me read the scriptures from genesis 17 and 1 i am god almighty walk before me faithfully and be blameless man god you're god almighty nothing nothing can defeat you you are alpha you are make you man i would pray this i said lord i know you're in control i know you are a mighty god you are el shaddai you are my el gabor you're my god of war go before me fight for me hallelujah i would pray this every time i'm going into spiritual warfare when i know i'm binding and loosing i pray the almighty god i pray el shaddai into that situation because i know you're about to fight for me i know you're about to send fire from heaven to counsel out and nullify the plot and plan of the enemy man you gotta pray almighty god into your life i'm gonna let you go on this one sister because you are spirit your spiritual arsenal for a reason you his you you his weapon of war <laughs> so i know you're gonna want to chime in on almighty god Amen. Amen. Almighty God, you know, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that the almighty God cannot do. You know, that, that right there is, it just emphasizes the power of God, that, that power that enabled Sarai to bear a son, you know, and when we go into warfare, like you were saying, Sister Trina, we know that not only is he does he have the power to get us out of any and all situations but we also know that his all might his power everything that comes from his power is also um what's the word that i want to use here is tied to and in in boston um my words aren't coming to me right now but basically his power is tied to his faithfulness um so the verse says I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. And so we can't expect to experience his power in our warfare when we are not uh, being faithful to him, even though he's merciful and sometimes we aren't being faithful to him and he still fights on our behalf. You know, he did give his life on the cross for us while we were still sinners. But how much more? how much more would he fight on our behalf? How much more would we experience his power when we walk faithfully before him and we are blameless? And obviously we all fall fall short of the glory of God, but through his spirit, he can refine us daily and sharpen us, sharpen us for those battles, those everyday battles, because 
this spiritual warfare, this warring in the spirit, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing. Um, and through his power, he has the power to clean us. He has the power to make us blameless before him. We don't have that power, but God Almighty who made us and who created us for such a time as this, for his purpose and who has called us, he has the power to make us blameless before him and also has the power as we pray to him, as we come to him, he has the power to do any and everything that we ask him to do that is within his will. And that's what I have to say about that. Amen. It's something that you said. I, I love that you brought up. It says blameless. Stand before me, faithful and unblameless. And that's a really an important key to see the sovereignty, to see the hand of the almighty God. Um, I love that uh, Proverbs talk about this. And I actually want to do a podcast on this. I'm just praying and I'm just studying and getting more on it. You know me, I'm big on spiritual warfare, but Proverbs 26, he said, it says, a curse causeless cannot stand. And that's powerful because a lot of times the warfare that we up against, we opened a door. Amen. And rebellion and sin and, and just, just really being in opposition against God, we open the door, we give the enemy access, we give the enemy legal right to our life. And then we cry out, God, God, God. But he said, stand right, stand faithful and blameless before me so you can see my mighty hand. And, and this is really significant. And I, I family, I pray that you, you go read the scripture, you pray and ask the Holy Spirit to really give you understanding. A curse without a cause has no legal right. And that means if you are walking blameless before God, the enemy doesn't have legal right to come into your life, still kill and destroy. But a lot of times in our own ignorance, we fail to educate ourselves according to Hosea 4, 6, to get the wisdom and the knowledge that we, in understanding that we need to live effectively as believers in Christ. A curse causeless cannot stand. So if you're seeing a lot of situations and circumstances going on in your life, we have to be accountable and ask, what is the cause? What door did I open? Am I blameless before God? Am I faithful? Because if not, you opened the door and gave the enemy legal right. So it's time for us to repent, like you said, Sister Nelly. Get to true repentance. Get right with God. Stand before God faithfully and unblameless. And even though he's merciful to whom he pleases, how much greater will we see the hand of God if we were blameless and we didn't give the enemy any legal rights or access to our life? So I love that you pointed that out because we can talk about the almighty hand of God. But if we don't talk about us walking blameless and upright, like you said, we can't just ignore it. Walk before me faithful and blameless. That's what the almighty God wants. And when you walk right before God, you will see his mighty hand. You will see his powerful hand. You will wreck no weapon formed against you shall prosper because God is going to intervene. He will repay. And you don't have to worry or be concerned about what God is going to do because he is almighty God. So we have to really repent and really ask ourselves and begin to close those doors that we have opened in sin, that we have opened in um, rebellion. For rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. A curse cannot stand without a cause. So we have to really repent and ask ourselves, what have we done? And seek the face of the Holy Spirit so he can open our 
eyes to how we have opened these doors, close them, seal them with the blood of Christ Jesus, walk blameless before God, walk faithfully before God and watch El Shaddai move. The prayer says, you are the one who sustains me and blesses me. Thank you for fulfilling every promise you make. You are enough for me, Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Um, so the next card is the hope of Israel. And the scripture comes from Jeremiah chapter 17, 13. Um, and I am just going to read the whole thing. So from my Bible, O Lord, the hope of Israel. All who forsake you shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from you shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. So the hope, the hope of Israel. Now, when we think of hope, um, when we talk about faith, we know that faith is, you know, the absence or the belief of the things that aren't seen. But before you you have faith, you have to have hope to to know that your faith is going to manifest into something real. But I did want to go back and read the whole verse because it talks about how those who forsake the Lord shall be put to shame. And we thought we have to really um, think about it and how sometimes we, we look like the Israelites. I know that in uh, the book of Jeremiah earlier, in earlier chapters, it talks about how Israel um, let go of the Lord and they had access to the living water. We know that Jesus is the living water. He gives us that living water that never tarries and um, that allows us to never be thirsty. But Israel, they forgot about that. And the Bible tells us that, you know, they gave up their fountains of living water to go after fountains and cisterns that can't hold any water. And sometimes, sometimes we do that. We forget where to place our hope. Um, kind of what I was talking about in the beginning, we forget that our hope comes from the Lord. We forget that the Lord is our hope. And we start placing um, expectations and hope in ourselves, in our abilities, um, in our works. Um, in our in our deeds or even in, in our own like in our own work whether it's in our degrees whether it's in our um uh, finances you know when you are hoping in the things of the world when you are hoping um in things that can be burned burned and consumed in the fire when you are hoping in those fountains that actually can't hold any water you are always going to be thirsty and i'm saying this and i'm i'm speaking to i'm speaking to myself as well we just have to remember that the hope that we have comes from the lord he is the hope of israel and he is my hope and i hope he is your hope as well um because in him amen you have everything i love that you talked about you know he's the hope of israel and how sometimes we put our hope in other things. Just look at, uh, when you go a few verses before verse 13 and verse 5, says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts or puts his hope in men and makes flesh his strength. Woo! Come on. Come oh, on. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Oh, preach, Holy Spirit. Talk, talk, talk. Come on, <laughs> Holy Ghost. <laughs> Your hope gotta be in Jesus. We, we, we put so much, like you said, we put so much confidence in men. We put so much confidence in people and we put them on these pedestals. Oh my that God. Part. We put them on these pedestals. And, 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 and sometimes we don't know. Sometimes it's in ignorance. But this is why Jesus has to always be at the forefront of our mind. At the He has to stay on the throne because cursed. Just We, we was just talking about Proverbs. Uh, a curse causes cannot stand. Curse is the man who puts his trust in people. I want you, this is not us. This is the word of God who put his trust in flesh and makes it his strength. Israel's strength was Abba. Israel's strength was Jehovah. Israel's strength came from the Lord. And you got to know, it is not your parents, it's not your job, it is not your relationships, it is not your social media accounts, it is not your following, it is not your good looks. Your strength comes from the Lord. And I like that you talked about, you know, sometimes we think our alarm clock woke us up. No, God woke us up. Your strength woke you up. We got to get back to the word of God. We got to get back to being in love with the word of God. We're wondering why we're all over the place and we're in our feelings and we don't have confidence and we have all of these insecurities because we have given our strength to men. We have given our strength to what will fail, to what will save. Your strength may be your money. Your confidence and your trust may be in your finances. But you can't always depend on it. The Bible says money answers many things, but it doesn't answer all things. So money can't be your God. It can't be your strength. It can't be your hope. But COVID, we all right. We, if you didn't realize, COVID made you realize you can't put trust in your job. You don't know the day or the hour when something's going to happen and something's going to shift and things are going to change. But when your hope is in Jesus, your hope is in the one that cannot lie. Your hope is in the one that is a present help. Man, I love the word of God and I love how the Holy Spirit is moving this thing. It, 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 I don't like we never, you know, the way they're in order, like it's like the Holy Spirit really strategically did this because they're really complimenting one another, backing each other up like the word of God does. It should confirm. Hallelujah. The word confirms itself. You should never hear anything that is not in confirmation with the word. And I love how these cards are flowing in agreement what we've been talking about from the very first card man this is awesome and i'm going to read the prayer or yeah i'll read the prayer on the back it says lord my hope and my strength thank you thank you for all that you do and for all that you are to me amen amen man these cards got me stirred in the spirit man <laughs> so this next card when i saw it a song came into my mind. I'm going to sing the song after I read the card. The Lord is my rock. Psalms 144 and 1. Praise be to the Lord, my rock. Praise be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hand for war and my fingers for battle. Whew. Whew, whew, whew. And the song is, I am under the rock. 
the rock that's higher than I, Jehovah, hide me under the rock. Go tell my enemies, I'm under the rock. Jehovah, hide me under the rock. <laughs> you better I, sing. Come on. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much when you sing. <laughs> I love the rock. And I love the Lord is my rock. It also, it made me think of uh, David. He had a slingshot and he had Jesus. Amen, amen, <laughs> amen. That's all you need. That's all you need. That's all you need. Get your slingshot. You already got your rock. And sling that thing at every Goliath. Hallelujah. You feeling like you're up against some Goliaths? You feel like a grasshopper? and everything in life is a giant to you pick up your slingshot get your jesus get your rock stand on the rock lord all i need is you and i'm going to sling this with all that i have because i know you cannot fail goliath didn't fall because who david was the goliath fell because who our god is and you got to believe, you got to believe that your God is going to do the same for you. That there's some giants that's about to fall right before your eyes, but your trust got to be in a rock. It can't be in yourself. It can't be in your own ingenuity. It can't be in your money. It can't be in it can't, like all of these things we've been talking about thus far. You got to ask yourself, where is your confidence at? Who are you putting confidence in? Because if it's not the rock, how can you feel comfort? How can you, how can you feel safe? Hide me under the rock where my enemies can't see me, where they can't fight me, where they can't defeat me because the rock is protecting me with a divine hedge of protection. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, pray the rock over you, family. You are my rock. You are my safety. You are my covering. I'm under you. I am protected by you. Go tell my enemies I'm under the rock. And family, he will show up. The rock will show up in your life and help you slay every Goliath you up against. Jesus. Sis, you want to chime in on the rock? Yes, ma'am. I absolutely do. You know, when I think I love um I love Psalm 144 verse one. It's a definitely one of my um uh, verses that is in my battle arsenal. Amen. But when I think about um the the rock, um I think about Psalm uh I think it's sixty sixty one, and I usually I think I keep I keep it around my desk somewhere and I say it very often when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I think the scripture goes something like, you know, when I am overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. It's just, it, it's, that's all you need. That's all I really need to kind of just calm down and remind myself that the Lord is my strong tower. He is my refuge. He protects me and he is <laughs> my peace. When I am led to the rock, when I go back to the rock, that's where I find peace. That's where I can just be like, oh, okay, the Lord is with me. He hears my cry. And when I'm overwhelmed, I remember that he is that rock that is higher than me, that refuge 
Um, and if you can't tell right now, my, my eyes, my eyes are closed. And as I'm speaking, I'm just imagining myself under that rock where I'm hidden. I'm comforted and my enemies can't see me. They can't find me. I'm just protected under his, his shield, his buckler. So yeah, and that's what I think of is Psalm, Amen. um, I'm pretty sure it's 61. Yes. Jesus. And the prayer says, God, you are my rock. And when I am in trouble, you save me. I praise your holy name. Amen. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so beautiful. So the next card is the son of David. And it's out of Luke 1, 32. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. What I love about the Bible is a lot of times, you know, I was like, so, <laughs> man, I was so mesmerized when I found out that Jesus was all in the Old Testament. Um, Moses was a foreshadow. David was a foreshadow. So many things. When you hear the angel of the Lord, it was a foreshadow of who Christ was. And when you recognize that Jesus was throughout the Old Testament and how God used him um, and how he used David. It's, David is so much like Jesus, and I, I just love him in so many ways. Yes, he was man. Yes, he was flawed. Yes, he made some mistakes, but he was truly a foreshadow for who Christ was, and he embodied so many different things. And even having that heart after God, which I love because what did Jesus, he had a heart after Abba. He said, whatever you see me do, you see the Father do. If you see me, you have seen the Father. It's like, it's so many things you can see in David that you see in Jesus. And I, I see why God used his lineage to bring forth the savior of the world. And I just love, I just love it. I just love him being the son of David. I love David. I love everything about David, even his mistakes, because it made him who he was and how much who God was and how much God loved us and how God is faithful, even in our unfaithfulness. And when we fall short and when we mess up, I love David. So I'm just excited um, of the word of God and seeing how Jesus was all over the Old Testament and how God used David to be the start of, look, David was a king. Jesus is the king of kings. <laughs> it's like when you just look at, you know, how he used him to be the son of David, that lineage and how and why it's important, Jesus, why it is important that we become generational minded, legacy minded, because you don't know what God has for your children's children, children, children. Amen. It's so important that we think so gener generational minded and not just for right now. You think you're living your best life, right? No, God is a God who blesses generationally. Jesus came from a lineage, a generation of people who served him, who had a heart after him. You don't know what God is going to do with your children. You don't know what God is going to do with your grandchildren. But he's going to do something great. Jesus came from, I, I, just, I just love how God uses us in marvelous and supernatural ways. Because when you think of David, you're either going to think of one or two things. You're going to think of how much he loved God, how awesome of a warrior he was, how intentional he was, or you're just going to magnify his mistakes. But even in that, God saw fit. I love, I love 
that God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outer, man looks at your mistake, but God knew that he would be the perfect man to birth forth the savior of the world, that through your lineage, through your generation, generation after generations, we are going to bring forth the Messiah. And in spite of my flaws, in spite of my mistakes, I want God to be so pleased with me that generations down, he wants to birth something amazing in my lineage. He wants to birth something amazing generations after me. So I want us to be generational minded because no matter where you are in your life and how messed up you may think you are, if you got a heart after God, he's gonna birth something amazing with your generation. He's gonna do something amazing. So I love Jesus being the son of David because it helped us see how God loves imperfect people. And David was so flawed. He was a mess, but he loved him some God and God made him a forerunner. And he embodied so many of the qualities of Christ. And God used them to bring forth the savior of the world. So I love the son of David. Do you want to chime in on the son of David a little bit, sis? Yeah, sure. The son of David, it goes back to, because David was a king, right? And it goes back to, again, what we talked about in the beginning, royalty. So the verse says, he will be great, royalty, will be called the son of the most high, royalty. The Lord God will give him the throne, royalty, of his father, David, um, who was a king. But we know that the king of kings is God. So that's all I really wanted to say about that. It just goes back to royalty and just remembering that when we follow Christ, we are also getting that opportunity to partake in his royalty. And it's an honor and it's a privilege. And so I just want to encourage us all to be, you know, just to bring to remember that as we go about our, our lives each and every day, remember that when you walk with the son of David, you are also a child of the most high God. You are royalty. So act like it. Not in a <laughs> not in a pompous way, okay? Still be humble. Act right? like That's it. Act like it. <laughs> Get your royalty on. I'm going to read the prayer. It says, Son of David, I bow before you today in holy reverence. Thank you for all that you, you've done for us. Your mercy and your grace amazes me. Amen. And Amen. The next card is yours, boo. Hold up one second. So it says, Son of Man. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. So that's in Matthew 12, verse 8. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So when I think of the Son of Man, I mean, there's lots of different um, people that call themselves Son of Man in the Bible. And I don't have the scriptures right off the bat of my head, so I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but I do know that other people, other prophets have also called themselves son of man but we know that it is an appellation for god son of man god is the man that is being referred to here and i am also and sister trina also son of man daughters of man and he is the lord of the sabbath now the sabbath was a big deal 
um, in Jewish tradition in the times of Jesus, we remember that he was, um, I guess he got into it with the teachers and the Pharisees at the time because he was doing a healing on the Sabbath. And so they tried to come for him, but Jesus showed them that, okay, listen, I am the I am the Lord of the Sabbath. He is the Lord of the Sabbath. And we know that although he was doing a healing on the Sabbath, he still broke no law. He is the only human who has ever walked this earth who was able to keep the law in its entirety. And not only that, he came to fulfill the law. So he it, he made the law, right? So obviously he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now for Sabbath sake, um, for those of you listening who do observe the Sabbath, I think that is wonderful. I do think that rest is important. God did rest on the on the seventh day and he declared that day to be holy. Um, so I absolutely believe in having, you know, one day of the week where we do rest and just bask in the fact that the Lord um, has made this day holy and he does allow us to rest. However, um, I do want each and every one of us to remember that he is the Lord of the Sabbath and he did not create man for the Sabbath, but he created the Sabbath for himself to rest, he created the Sabbath for man. And that's all I have to say about that. I'm going to yield to you, Sister Trina. Amen. I think that's a, a, a podcast on its own because there's so many people that's such up for debate because he is Lord of the Sabbath. That means every day should we should be resting in him. He, it talks about it in, in the New Testament in Galatians, I think, about entering into rest, um, the real rest of God. Um, it even speaks of another rest coming. Um, and I'm just paraphrasing, but it's important to know that is the rest that God had on the seventh day when he created and the rest that God want to give us are two different rests. And when you enter into his rest, it is beautiful. He is Lord of the Sabbath. And like, like you said, there is no judgment on anyone who wants to worship and serve the Sabbath and honor the Sabbath. Do you boo? But I think it's important for us to understand because we can even make that a religion, a religious thing. Oh, it's the Sabbath. I got to honor the Sabbath. But is it really honoring the rest of God? Are you really resting in God? Are you, you know, or, or, or are you still working the works? And it's something that we have to humbly take before the Holy Spirit, because it's one of the things that I love about this walk is there are some that is for the corporate corporate body, but God deals with us individually. And what God would tell me, not won't necessarily be what he tells you so we have to really sit with the holy spirit and if the holy spirit is leading you to worship on the sabbath then by all means you obey the voice of god we are no we're just you know lovers of christ we're not here blowing no trumpet saying you do this you do that no we're just lovers of jesus christ we are on this journey we are learning and growing together but i think it's something that we have to really study and read and understand that the rest that god want to give us is so different enter into my rest hallelujah so and that could be on a Sunday. That could be on a Monday. That could be on a Tuesday. It, entering into the rest of God could be every day of the week. But it's something that we need to take to him in prayer and something that we have to study to show ourselves approve and get more educated on. Um, but it, there's no uh, judgment on anyone who honors the Sabbath and keep the Sabbath. You know, that's between you and God. Um, but I'm glad that you said that. When I think of the Son of Man, um, it's humbling for me because 
Jesus was the son of man. Christ was the son of God. And every time I hear Jesus as the son of man, it makes me think of his humanity and how human he was. I believe that that's how we identify with him. If he was just God, it would be kind of hard to truly identify ourselves with God. You don't know what it's like to be in this flesh. But our Bible says that we serve a high priest that has been touched with all of our infirmities. He have experienced everything, but yet have not sinned. We serve a God that been in this flesh. He came in the womb of a woman. He came. Hallelujah. He walked this earth. He was hungry. He bled. He sweat. He cried. He knows what it's like to be in this human flesh. So every time I think of son of man, I think of his humanity and how I, he identifies with me. And this is why we have this high priest that I can go to and say, Jesus, you understand me. Jesus, you know how I feel. Jesus, Jesus wept. We serve a God that cries. That's the, the son of man wept in his humanity. He wept. He, he was grieved in his spirit. Hallelujah. So when we think of him, you know, when he moved and did miracles and cast out demons and did all the miracles, I see the son of God. But when I see him hanging out with the disciples and breaking bread and eating, sleeping and crying and weeping, that's the son of man. And that's his humanity. And that's just for me, you know, that's how I you know, see him and how it helps me understand his lordship, his kingship, his divinity, as well as his humanity. It helps me draw closer to him because I know you're not just God, you're a man. You know how I feel. You've been through this. You know what it's like to be stabbed in the back where one of your boys crossed you. You know how I feel when people talk about you, spit in your face. They persecuted Jesus. They lied on Jesus. They didn't lie on God. They lied, on Je- they, they lied on Jesus, the man. He knows what it feels like. And this is where you have to, this is where you really need to really tap in. Connect with the God who understands you, the son of man. You are the son of man. You know how I feel. You know what I'm going through. You know, God, Jesus has went through everything that we have went through, yet without sin. When you think of your situations and how people have hurt you and how people have rejected you, Jesus has been rejected. He couldn't even do works in his own town because they rejected him. So Jesus, no. Get connected to the one who knows. We don't really know. We can come to each other and we can kind of have sympathy for one another and try to understand one another. But Jesus knows how you feel. The son of man knows exactly how you feel family and i want you to connect with him get connected with him you may not be able to connect with god the son of god you feel inferior you feel less than you don't feel worthy then i challenge you i encourage you connect with the son of man connect with the one who walked and talked and ate and slept and cried and wept connect with that part of god and allow him to take you into a deeper relationship with him. Commune on that. How can two walk together unless they agree? That's what helps me walk with God. Because I'm in, he's in agreement with my humanity. I know how you feel. I know what you went through. But come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In this world, you will have tribulations. But fret not, I have overcome as a human being, as the son of man. 
I've overcome this thing. So you could do it too. I know it's hard. But if you follow me, and if you are led by my spirit, I will get you through this thing. Connect to the son of man family. And allow him to show you the son of God. To be able to see Jesus on both of, ah, man, it blows my mind, sis. It blows my mind to tap into both. It's like I'm on, I'm in two different, I go from one atmosphere to the next atmosphere. And I think sometimes really basking in the son of man, it helps me engulf myself in the son of God. You're God, you're Lord, you're King, you're sovereign. Because I seen you bleed, Jesus. I seen your blood, you bled for me. You bled for me. Only human beings bleed, people. <laughs> we bleed. You cut me. You We bleed. If you beat me with a can of nine tail, guess what? I'm going to bleed. If you poke me on my side, blood and water going to gush out. A whole bunch of stuff going to gush out. That was the son of man on that cross. So we got we to gotta bask in his humanity. We got to bask in that and say, boy, you, you, you are awesome. You a bad man, Pajama. <laughs> he's a bad man with jamma. He a bad man with jamma. <laughs> he sure is. He sure is. Amen. Man, I love the I love the word of God. I love this card. And it says, You came to die on the cross, son of man, to deliver us from eternal death. I thank you for I thank you for your indescribable gift of grace. Amen. Man, these cars, I don't even think we're going to get through this whole half a deck. I think we only going to do a few more because we already like, I don't know, almost an hour in. That's how good these cards are because once you get into it, it's like, oh, so I'm going to just, let me, let me fall back <laughs> and let you get to the next card. <laughs> oh, I, I just, I'm loving how the Lord has just arranged these cards to flow the way they've been flowing because the next card is none other than child child we were just talking about the son of man and the next card is child and the scripture comes from the book of matthew chapter 2 verse 11 and it says on coming to the house they saw the child with his mother mary and they bowed down and worshiped him and we know that you know the the wise the wise men or the wise kings. I don't know if they were kings or wise men because I know there's lots of tales and stories that, that we teach um, children in Sunday school and stuff. But, you know, they were aware that this was the, the long-awaited Messiah. And so their posture, their heart posture, was to bow down and to worship him. And we know that they also um, brought him some gifts and they brought him um gold frankincense and myrrh and those are very even the to the, to this day those things are still expensive so they knew they knew that they were dealing with royalty they knew that they were they may not have in in that time they may not have recognized that they were dealing um, with God himself, but they definitely recognized that they were dealing with, um, and I don't know why I keep saying dealing with, <laughs> but that they were in the presence of um, somebody that deserved respect and reverence. And so they gave him the best. And I'll just share this, 
this story about the wise men and how they came and they were uh, led by the star and they went and found Jesus um, as a baby is one of my favorite stories because I know that we celebrate the birth of this child on um, December 25th and we call it Christmas and that is the day that I was born. So my whole life, um, I always go back to that story and it's just a, it's just an honor for me to be able to be reminded of i'm and i'm reminded of this child every day of my life but it's a privilege and an honor that the day you know that we chose as a world as a society as a christendom to celebrate the birth of our savior is a day that i also share in my um earthly birth so I will yield to you, Sister Trina. Amen, amen. Um, I want to read Isaiah 9. Um, it's always been one of my favorites. And it's, for unto us a child is born. That's one of my unto favorite us, verses. Uh, <laughs> unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Amen. I love, I love this. And you know what's funny with Isaiah? As you go down, um, look, it says, "Of the incense of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David." It's like almost all these cards is oh, in Isaiah nine. I have goosebumps <laughs> right now. That's like all of these cards mm. are in Isaiah nine. Look, Counselor, we did, um, we did El Shaddai, Almighty God. We did Prince of Peace. We talked about the peace. We just talked about him being a son of David. Like Isaiah 9 got almost all these cards in here. Look at God. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. <laughs> oh, man. God is so, so good. And the prayer says, Lord, I want to thank you for being born unto us as a child in order for us to become children of God for all eternity. I praise your name. Wow. That's a, oh man. Wow. 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 I want to read this prayer again because then the Holy Spirit just, just dropped something in my spirit. Lord, I want to thank you for being born to us as a child in order for us to become children of God. And the scripture that came, unless you come as a child. Are you right there with me, sis? Mm -hmm. Unless you come as a child to come the way Jesus came. Come on. Unless you be born again of the spirit, Jesus. Be born again of the spirit. Unless you come as a child, coming in faith, coming in boldness. Even as a child, Jesus knew, I'm about my father's business. Because he was born of the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit consumed Mary. He was born of the spirit. He knew he had faith for his father. And as we are born again in the spirit, no matter what age you are, when you are born again in the spirit, the Holy Spirit overwhelms you. The Holy Spirit consumes you. And you have this childlike faith, this childlike trust. Because Jesus trusts in his father. And it's time for you as the children of God to trust in your father. But you must be born again of the spirit. What is born of the flesh begets the flesh, but what is born of the spirit begets the spirit. Jesus, you're good. Jesus, your Lord. 
Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for being born unto us as a child to teach us how to become a child for God. We thank you, oh God, for being a representation, for being an example for us to live by, that we can succumb to the presence of Abba as little children with faith, with confidence, with assurance, with boldness. Jesus, we thank you for being a child unto us being born as a child so that we too could be born again as children of God in your name, Jesus, man, 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 man. I'm going to, we're going to stop right here because this is, this is just really good. And I, I, I feel like we got 15 more cards to go. Um, and we're going to have to do another one because this is too good. It's too, and I don't want to rush them. I don't want us to just rush through them because I want the Holy Spirit to have his way. Um, there's no rush when it comes to the word of God. I want us to just really bask and meditate on what we have heard already because this has been really good. And as it's blessing us, I, I know it's blessing you, family, because God is so good. His word is so good. What does the word say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. These cards has been blessing me. Amen. These cards has been blessing me. So we're going to take this pause. Do you have anything to say, Sister Nelly, before we go? I'm so grateful that you wanted to come on and do this with me. I, I, I'm just blessed by it. Um, blessed by your willingness to go through these cards because it's a little time consuming, but it just shows your heart for the Lord. And we're having a good time. We at the same really time. are. This is, <laughs> this is so much fun. Um, and I think that if we you know, if we just are left to ourselves, we we will literally we will stay here forever and just talk about <laughs> just talk about these cards. But yes, I did want to come back and um, just read the verse that you were mentioning for the listeners about having this childlike way about ourselves. And it's in Matthew chapter eighteen, um, and Jesus was. I mean, his disciples came and asked him about who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And he says, truly, um, and this is Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. So Jesus said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And verse 4 says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And I know that there is another place in the book of Matthew where, um, the children were trying to come to him and the disciples were trying to shoot them away. And Jesus was like, no, let the children come to me. And I think what just hit me as we were talking about um, child, as Jesus being a child, goes back to everything that you were saying, Sister Trina, about how he knows it all. He has experienced it all. He came to us as he was born unto us as a child. And so he remembers that experience and he probably loved it, probably enjoyed it. And now he wants us to be like children, to understand that um, when you are a child, right, you are pretty much dependent on your caregiver. You are dependent on your mom, your your dad, your whoever is taking care of you. You're the, you, you rely on them for sustenance. You rely on them for um, just keeping you safe. You rely on them for clothing. You rely on them for shelter, right? And if we follow what Jesus says and we really truly put ourselves in that childlike posture, then we know that we are relying on him as our father. We cry to him, we call him Abba, and we just get to just know, to be still 
and to know that he is our father and he provides everything to us both on this side of heaven and for all eternity and for that i am just blessed by that and i just want to um give him all the praise the honor and the glory thank you for having me on here sister june this has been this has been so much fun i know um, i i, I am looking forward uh, me too i am looking forward to part three um you know what i was have... thinking about getting brother albert on to part three. Uh, yes yes let's let's I, and that's <laughs> what i was about to say like i was saying i don't know if you're gonna if you want to have other people on here but it's a it's a party okay it's a it's party, party. You know what? I it reached out to someone else, but they weren't available. So, you know, I'm going to, for part three, I'm going to try to, you know, reach out to other people and see who else can come on, um, especially with our podcast club. I, mean, I feel like we've been connecting on different times. Everyone's been so busy, but I want to yeah. get us all together and, you know, really mm -hmm. do something together. So for part three, I'm looking forward to seeing who else can come on. I know Brother Albert would be game. <laughs> oh, yes, um, he would. Um, would we just game. have to be mindful of, like, his you know the time difference yeah, i know i know five so, hour difference from us yeah maybe um, maybe next saturday because then i could do it earlier in the day maybe uh we will have to yeah we'll have to talk to him because i know he's he'd be in church <laughs> <laughs> i know i know so family i pray that this has blessed you i pray it encourages you i pray it gives you a desire to read the word of god like we're giving you the scriptures along with the name of god go to the word of god line upon line precept upon precept allow the holy spirit to minister to you allow the holy spirit to show you a more excellent way to give you a face-to-face -face encounter like moses like gideon so that you can see your god in every situation that you face that's the heart of God. He wants that for you. So I pray you are encouraged. I pray you are blessed. And until part three, we will see you soon, family. Have a blessed day. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, um, listeners. Thank you for having me on the podcast. And I will see you in the next one. Spiritual <laughs> Arsenal out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Love you too. This is right. fun. I know. Love you, family. Have a blessed day.